0: What's up everyone, welcome back to NFL Only here on Spark Talk, and today we will be recapping the second week of the NFL season. And if you haven't noticed yet, Houston will not be here for today's episode, but he will be back for uh, the week two predictions, and hopefully we can get him back for the week three recap. Uh, With that out of the way, we will get into the bit of news that we have, and literally the only bit of news that we have is the injuries. Uh, that took place, and I think all these injuries that we've seen, like Nick Bosa, uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, all these injuries, Christian McCaffrey, all these injuries, I think show why teams need a preseason. These players need to get used to physical contact before the season, and it's a, and it's showing to be why it's showing why preseason is so important, why you need those preseason games. It doesn't matter if it's one or two. Or three or it doesn't matter how many preseason games you have, you can cut it down to. I, I like the, like the idea of three preseason games. Uh, I think four is a little bit too much, but three preseason games should give you the right idea of who you want to keep on your team, and it should get the players ready, or it should get your starters ready for the season, uh, physically. And it's showing we, all these are, most of these injuries were muscle tears or, strains. And when your body's just not used to the physicality that you that uh you need to bring for the n f l your body's gonna wear down a lot quicker and it's it's showing it really is they they went full throttle instead of getting warmed up for it and it and it's uh hurt it's gonna hurt a lot of these teams not having Nick bosa not having solomon Thomas for the whole season is gonna hurt. Uh, San Francisco we know Richard Sherman on IR at the moment so they're badly beaten up in on the on the defensive end and then you had Jimmy uh, Garoppolo injure his ankle uh, we don't know if he'll be back for week three or not and then Raheem Mo, uh, Moster get injured as well and he, he's expected to miss multiple weeks there a lot of these key teams are getting a lot of key injuries you had Panthers uh, uh the Panthers you had uh Devontae Adams uh suffer a hamstring injury and uh for the Packers this week. You had uh Cam Anchors uh, starting running back for the Rams get injured. Uh Drew Locke, uh Cortland Sutton get injured for the Broncos. There's just so many injuries to so many uh so many really good up and coming players that you just uh you hope they can bounce back uh, and hopefully they can uh move forward and be better uh, and hopefully, it, hopefully they can be better, or be the same uh, as they were when they got injured. And that's what you can hope for, especially with these serious ones, uh, like Saquon Barkley or Nick Bosa with the ACL tears. So, with that out of the way, we'll get into the recap of the games. And the first game that we'll start off with is the Bengals at Cleveland uh, Thursday Night Football, and. This this was a game. I'll say that this was a game. You had the second most passing or pass attempts for a rookie quarterback in an NFL game, uh which still insane and I I think it's the reason they lost the game. They should have stuck to the run. I know it wasn't. They got two they got two yards of carry. Uh Cleveland's defense is very uh Cleveland's uh, run defense is very stout. Uh their defensive line is amazing. You got Sheldon Richardson, you got Miles Garrett in there. You got uh, Larry o- Obenjobi in there. There's the run defense is pretty stout. The question, the re, uh, the reason I would would like the Bengals to keep running against that defense is like you you allow you allow your rookie quarterback to take the you pr- take the pressure off your rookie quarterback throwing 61 times for a rookie. That's a lot. That's a lot to handle. He played phenomenal, too. I think it just shows you how good Joe Burrow, I think, is going to be with playing as well as he did throwing 60 times in a game as a rookie quarterback. But you got to take the pressure off of him, and I think a lot of that has to do with the offensive line uh, for Cincinnati. They're they're just not that good. They need to – they have some good pieces on there, but they, they're just not – they're either too young or they're just not good at all. And I think it's showing for Cincinnati that – the biggest weakness is the offensive line, and it's going to hurt them this year. Uh, especially because they couldn't get the run game going, so they abandoned it uh, instead of keep uh, instead of they keep trying to push it forward, especially with a running back like Joe Mixon. So they abandon the run game, and then they throw it over 60 times with a rookie quarterback. So I think it just shows you how bad Cincinnati's offensive line is, and how much that's probably going to hinder them throughout this season. And hopefully. Uh, Joe Burrow does not sustain any injuries like Andrew Luck or Cam Newton did uh, with getting hit so many times. Uh, but we'll go to Cleveland here, and Cleveland, they—I uh, really love what they did. Uh, what Kevin Stefanski did—he implemented his Vikings uh, scheme, was was ground and pound, was run was running down their throat. They ran for thirty, they ran thirty-five times. Uh, 32 between the two running backs and had over 200 yards between uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and that's what you want to see if you're a Cleveland Browns fan you want to see them ground and pound and then and then have Baker Mayfield work off of that in the play action game and have him move and have them move him outside the pocket where he seems to be more comfortable at and let him literally make plays he made an amazing throw to Odell uh was it for the second touchdown I think it was of the game uh for the Browns I want to say well, this is really messing up, messing up I'm here I yeah it was it was the second touchdown for the Browns on the game put them up uh 14-3 and they never really let up off of that this this offense can be very dangerous you have Austin Hooper Jarvis Landry Odell Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt this offense can be very dangerous and it's going to be fun to watch uh, the question is, can they be consistent with this grinding and pound and will they make it their focal point of their offense? And I think they should. They got the offensive line to do it. Uh, they got the defense that can, uh, hold teams to what, uh, they can hold teams to low scoring matchups. So the offense can work clock and they can, uh, they can, uh, and they can ground and pound, and have Baker Mayfield manage games. And I think that's where Baker Mayfield is at the moment. Just let him manage the game. He's obviously he's a really good. I think he's a really good quarterback. He's very accurate with the football. I just think putting the offense on his back, I don't think he's ready for it yet. I think you have you have two great running backs in the backfield. Put the game on their back. Put the game on the offensive lines back. A really good offensive line in that. So, I think if you're Cleveland's fans, this is what you want to see. You want to see this type of performance, uh, and this is a this should be a positive m- a momentum swing for the uh, for the uh, Browns going forward because this this is what you want to see uh, from the run game. This is what you, you want to see from Baker Mayfield. So let's move on to Dallas uh, or. Uh, the Atlanta at Dallas. I want to say Dallas at Atlanta. So the Cowboys I'll I will say this about the Cowboys. Uh Dak Prescott has a lot of heart. He's a great leader. And that's what that's the thing I always take away from him is uh he just that leadership mentality that Dak Prescott has. I think it's almost unmatched in quarterbacks, uh, unless it probably comes from maybe Tom Brady at that. And he, Dak Prescott's just such a great leader. He gives his team so much, uh, I guess, positive energy and keeps their head in the game. Getting down 20 to nothing in the first quarter. to come back and win and then barely win at that because of an onside kick... I think it just shows the heart. It shows the leadership of Dak Prescott. And I think it shows the heart of this Dallas team. I think this Dallas team, this could be a big momentum swing for them. This could get them rolling for the rest of the season. This could get them maybe, hopefully for, with my prediction, to an NFC championship. Because this Dallas team is as good as they are advertised. advertised. The question is, are they going to choke? Can they not choke? And what and what I seen from that Prescott is, he was able to overcome all the obstacles that people were like he can't win in close games. He can't lead a team. Uh, he can't lead a team. They have to put it on Ezekiel Elliott's back. They put the game on that Prescott's back on uh, the second half, and he showed he showed them like a. Hey, I am a starting quarterback in this league, and he played phenomenal. Uh, going to the Falcons, I just don't know. I think they were the. I saw a stat. They were the first team in NFL history to score thirty. Uh, probably, I probably want to say over thirty-five points, over thirty-eight points with zero turnovers and lose a game. I just don't. I just don't know what to think of the Falcons, man. This is the first time Matt Ryan's gone zero and two in his career. Uh, they got a great they got a great offense and obviously the questions come with the defense but yeah Todd Gurley Matt Ryan Calvin Ridley Hayden Hurst Uh, Russell Gage is looking really good as a as a uh, as a third option and then you got Julio Jones who didn't play particularly well in this game Uh, they got they got a lot of uh, weapons on offense that their defense always lets them down and then they have a head coach who's a defensive coordinator, who was the defensive coordinator for the Legion of Boom uh, for those Seattle teams, for the back-to-back Super Bowl Seattle teams. So I don't know why this defense isn't living up to just being average. They're very, I don't, I don't want to cuss on here, but they're, uh, they're very poor. They are very poor. They, they are just bad. Their defense is atrocious. Uh, and it literally got Dallas back into this game, and stupid, and stupid decisions by Dan Quinn got them back in this game. Dan Quinn, they, they should have fired him last year, uh, but they'll definitely probably fire him mid-season this year. I just don't, after, after the Super Bowl loss, he hasn't been the same. He hasn't been the same coach, and it's showing on Atlanta's end. Atlanta, they just can't get anything going with him. Uh, they can't. They they can be up twenty. To, they it can be up so many points, and then they allow somebody to come back. And as it shows what type of coach he is. He he doesn't want to put. Uh, he doesn't want to put on their. Uh, he's almost on, I'm trying to figure out the term for it. He doesn't want to step on the throat. You gotta step on the throw if you're an NFL coach. You gotta be willing to run up the score. You gotta be willing to go all out to win these games. And it seems like he just doesn't want to go all out to win these games. It seems like he just wants to get by by conservative game planning, by, by just uh just playing conservative. Uh, by getting the lead and playing conservative. That's how he that's how he coaches. And you can't win the NFL like that. And it's showing because they Obviously, lost the Super Bowl because of that, and then they lose this game because of it, a game that they should have won. So, I just, I don't know what, Atlanta, I think without Dan Quinn, they're a really good team, but with Dan Quinn, they're not. In Dallas, maybe, I think this is a momentum swing for them. I think this is going to carry them throughout the rest of the season. An early win like this, especially an early comeback win like this, where you get an onside kick, uh, especially probably the uh, Holy Roller, number two there uh, I know it's not in Oakland but geez like that the way the, the way the ball rode uh and I get why Atlanta I know people were saying like why did Atlanta players touch it you're not expecting that ball to roll like that for 10 yards you're expecting it to stop around eight or nine and then somebody uh and then somebody for Dallas touch it but it just happened to be that way where uh where nobody, nobody in Dallas touched it, and then they were able to get the recovery. So, just an ma- uh, amazing uh, kick by Greg Zerline, and it, he's the, he's one of the best kickers in the league. Uh, he's probably number two behind uh, Justin Tucker. So, just an amazing onside kick, and just Dallas got lucky in this one, I think. Uh, they just got lucky in it and they could and it could be a very very good momentum swing for Dallas and a very bad momentum swing for Atlanta so we'll move on to Tennessee at Jacksonville and i just uh don't i like it's Jacksonville's one of those teams that is surprising me this year it, i don't know if they're that good or the teams they played or like the Colts I don't think the Colts were in sync week one and they never played good at Jacksonville. The question is is Tennessee that good? Or or is Tennessee uh just a mediocre team? Uh because they almost lost to Denver with uh without their two star players on both ends, without court or two less players on both ends, without Von Miller and without uh Colton Sutton. And they almost lost to them, and then they almost lose to Jacksonville. So I can't really make out to see if uh, Tennessee is a good team or they're they're just okay, and they're just going to get by in a weak division. Uh, well, I, I want to see them. I want to see them face a good team. I want to uh, let's see what they have next on their schedule. I think would be a key indicator. So they got the Vikings next. So they faced another weak team. Uh but then they got the Steelers and the Bills after the Vikings uh what is that for Yeah so week 4 and week 5 we'll see what the Titans are really made of. We'll see what they're really made of. Uh this year but they're I think they got they got lucky with the easier schedule. They didn't win the division last year. They got in via wild card and they're only playing they're playing a weaker schedule and it I think it's helping them out this year. Uh, especially with Minnesota uh especially with some of the uh second teams uh for the AFC are actually having a drop off year this year. So, we'll we'll see how uh and they're also facing a weaker division in the NFC this year as well in the NFC North where you have the Lions who are, who are very beatable, uh Vikings who are just looking really bad this year. Uh and they match up very good against the Bears and the Packers especially with their run-first mentality, which both teams are struggling to defend against the run. Or the Packers, at least, are struggling to defend against the run. Bears are inconsistent with it. So Titans, I think, are benefiting off an easy schedule this year. Uh, But on Jacksonville's end, Garner Minshew looks really good. He looks like a starting quarterback in this league. I don't know if he's an elite quarterback. or he's definitely not an elite quarterback, but is he a really good quarterback? Is he going to be a starter for 10? Uh, for 10, 10 plus years Or is he going to be an Andy Dalton Is he just going to have Maybe 5 to 6 really good years And then fall off after that But all I know is that he's a starter In this league at the moment And They're, they're a very shocking team They got the weapons on the offensive end uh, or in the At least in the receiving core With uh, DJ Chart, Keelan Cole Tyler Eifert, Leviticus uh, that Chris Thompson Very good receiving back and James James Robinson, this dude's coming out of nowhere. Uh, he is balling out too. Uh, Illinois State went to a uh, went to a Division One AA. Is he? A, I think he's a rookie too. Or is this, Yeah, he's a rookie this year. Yeah, he. This. This dude's going to be really good. He might be. This dude's going to be a really good running back in this league, averaging six, six and a half yards per carry. Uh, I know he broke off a 40-yard run, but still, that's that's amazing. Uh, and he destroyed the Colts last week too. Had a, or had a very good game against the Colts last week. I really like what they're doing on the offensive end on Jacksonville. I really, I really like it. They're allowing Gardner Minshew to uh, kind of uh, just play to his strengths, and they're allowing the run game to and the run game's getting going which I think is helping a lot with Jacksonville this year because the running game didn't really get going as much as they did last year uh there was a good there's a couple really good games from Leonard Fournette but it just didn't have that spark like it didn't uh was it twenty twenty uh the 2017 season on their playoff season yeah so it's if the rain game can get going, I think jacksonville's going going to be a pretty solid team. I don't know if a playoff team but a pretty solid team uh but Tennessee i will go to them real quick uh i think i don't, i just can't make i I can't make up this team because they did they faced two average teams so far they faced a bad team next week. I can't tell if they're going to be really good or really or just average uh Derek Henry again, three and a half yards of carries not particularly good uh good. Their offensive line looks kind of weaker this year, especially without Jack Conklin. And uh I think Taylor LeWan got injured. Let me double check that uh real quick. Uh I think yeah, Taylor Lewan got injured uh, this uh last week. So hopefully uh it's yeah, I I don't, I don't know if he. I honestly don't know if he was playing in this game of, uh. But he just, he like their offensive line either needs to stay healthy to get this run game going because this team is not is that, is not really that particularly good without a running game. Uh, they were able to like they're they're not, they can't get the run game going. We've seen the AFC Championship. They can't get the running game going. They can't they can't win games. And three and a half yards of carry is not going to cut it against a better offense and against a better team than Jacksonville. It's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it against Pitt. It's not going to cut it against Buffalo. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I just I can't really make out what Tennessee is this year. I really can't. I really can't make out what they're going to do. They just haven't played good enough teams. I think they played okay. They barely beat some average teams. Uh, Goskowski looks a lot better. Their defense looks inconsistent at best. So I'm just I'm really waiting to see Tennessee versus a versus a better team uh, in the next couple weeks to see how they play. So we'll move on to Buffalo at Miami. And this one had a fun delay in it, like an hour delay. Uh due to lightning. So you kind of expect like a little bit of rust coming out from a lightning delay, a little bit, and yeah. And the one I'll say this: the one thing that I was really surprised about is there was no rust. You expect rust, but there was no rust. Uh, because Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Allen had a duel, which was fu- uh, which was fun to watch. Uh, I wasn't able to get uh, this whole game. I was able to watch some highlights, but. The way it look like Josh Allen is getting some touch on this ball, and that's the thing I think I've been critical of Josh Allen when he throws is I just don't think he puts enough touch on the ball. I think he wants to rocket it in there half the time. You see that with a lot of strong arm quarterbacks, they don't have the touch. It's very rare you get the you get the quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, like Pat Mahomes that have that rare they have that touch on the ball with their arm strength. It's very rare that you see that. And Josh Allen can work that out and get some touch like I seen in this game. He's going to be very hard to stop, especially with his athleticism. He threw for over 400 yards and he had four touchdowns. He's going to be, if he keeps it up, he's going to be in the MVP race. He really is. He's going to be in the MVP race. Uh, he's playing phenomenal. He's shown a lot of improvement, and this is what I like between him, between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. They are willing to improve. They're all about football. They're all about winning football games. It doesn't matter how they win them. They're all about winning football games. It doesn't matter if they throw ten times. It doesn't matter if they throw forty times. If they can win the football game, they're going to do it. Uh, and that's what I love about both of them. Uh, and both of them are just football, straight up football players. And it's and it's really fun to watch both of them play. It's going to be fun watching them grow into the later stages of their career, especially with Josh Allen and Lamar keep improving like they are doing. It's it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, and they're and we'll go to uh, Miami here. I just don't, like, they need to put Tua in. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick is extremely fun to watch. But they need to put Tua in uh, eventually. I don't know if you put him in later in the season or if you want to put him in uh, after, because I know they're not going to start him for the Thursday night game, so we'll 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 see what happens with Miami throughout the season. But I thought Ryan Fitz played okay. They're not going to win a lot of games with him, and I don't think they they I don't think they want to. As a matter of fact, I don't. I think they want another high pick so they can go out and get a difference maker, maybe on the defensive end, or get a difference maker on the offensive line uh in the draft this year or maybe in the receiving core. Uh but Devonte Devontae Parker looks really good. Mike Lasicki he's looking like what people thought he would coming out of Penn State. He's looking like he was he's looking like a dual threat tight end. He can block and he can pass or he can catch. Uh so we'll we'll see. Miami is Miami's very well coached. Uh it's not surprising that they played uh, New England very tough, and they come out and they play Buffalo very tough. Especially in Miami, it's not easy to play in Miami during the fall. During the early part of the year, is extremely hard to play in Miami, uh, and you have to give props to Buffalo. Uh, not a lot of teams win in Miami. It's very similar to Denver. Not, a, it's very hard to win in Miami and Denver. At the as, as a matter of fact, it's very hard to win both of those places in September, just because of the altitude uh in denver and the heat in miami is extremely hard to win those games especially when you don't condition in miami and all the dolphins are doing is conditioning in miami so it, I, i'll give props to buffalo this is a really good win for them it doesn't look like it on paper Oh, they beat the dolphins by three points uh but it's a very good win on paper it shows they can go into a very hard environment. And pull out a really good win, and their court and their young quarterback can play extremely well at an at an elite level. Yeah, I said it. at an elite level. Josh Allen was playing on uh, Sunday. Josh is gonna be a really good quarterback, if, especially if he can, can be consistent with the with some with the touch on his passes. He's gonna be he's gonna be an elite quarterback in this league. Uh, but a very good win by Buffalo. So we'll move on to the Rams at Philadelphia. And this is a game I really wanted to get into. I wasn't able to watch it. I picked up some bits and pieces of it. I watched the highlights of it. But from what I could see, it's not really Carson Wentz's fault. I like he misses a cut. he misses passes here and there. Uh he's a little bit inconsistent with his uh mechanics. But it's not entirely on him. The defense is getting destroyed. The defense does not look good. Uh and I don't know if that was due to Sean McVay uh just running a great scheme or what uh because the defense was getting destroyed throughout the game. They were their linebackers looked like they couldn't cover. Uh they were getting destroyed in the slot by Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Uh by uh, Cooper Cup yeah, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. They're just destroying them in the slot. And the linebackers can't cover. Uh Tyler Higbee had uh five receptions for three touchdowns. Uh Daryl Henderson had some really big uh, had some really big receptions that uh got them close to the uh get, they got them in the red zone. So it's I don't know. I don't understand the hate for Carson Wentz. He's a little bit inconsistent with his mechanics, but he literally drugged a very, very poor team to the playoffs last year, and then you give him virtually the same poor team this year. You have an old Deshaun Jackson, you have a rookie in Jalen Rieger who I like a lot, but he's a rookie. Zach Ertz does not look the same. Uh it's it's not a good it's not as a good supporting cast. He has to literally fit in tight window throws every play. And the fact is, I don't think he wants to be there anymore. The fans don't want him there for I don't know what what reason. But it looks like he doesn't want to be there anymore. And if I was Carson Wentz, I would ask for a trade. I would get out of Philadelphia because they don't want him there, and he doesn't want to be there. It's just not a good match. It's not. And I think that's the reality of it. It's just not a good match. Philadelphia does not like Carson Wentz, and I don't think he particularly likes Philadelphia. So just they need to trade Carson Wentz. They need to get him out. Uh and get a new quarterback and Carson Wentz can go shine on another team. Because this this situation is not is obviously not working out. Uh and Doug, I think Doug Pearson's a lot to blame for it too. Uh I think he's a he's a lot to do with it as well. So but we'll move on to the Rams and the Rams uh they the, Sean McVay is an amazing play caller. He was able to get mismatches. Uh, he has a balanced running attack. He had Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown run for 12 and 11 carries, respectively, uh, for both of them. And both of them averaged, uh, Daryl Henderson averaged almost 7 yards a carry, and Malcolm Brown averaged 4 yards a carry. So th- the running game looks bad for Los Angeles. The offensive line looks pretty solid in the run game. Uh, their pass game can be a little bit iffy at times. Uh, but, uh, the, the Rams look really good. They don't look as good as their Super Bowl year, but they look, it's somewhere in between Sean, uh, the year before the Super Bowl when they made it to the wild card and lost to the Falcons and they made it to the Super Bowl. It's somewhere in between. I think they have the, they have the potential to get to like a divisional, maybe an NFC championship. But I don't see them making it to the Super Bowl. I just don't know if there's enough firepower there. But Sean McVay just in this game showed how talented he was. He was able to create some very favorable mismatches or mismatches against Philadelphia's defense, and he exploited them uh, perfectly. And the Rams just look the Rams look really good this year. I'm very impressed. Jerry Goff looks a lot better than what I thought he would be this season. Uh and he he looks like a really good quarterback this season. He looked he looked average the last couple of years, especially the last half of the Super Bowl year and then last year he just didn't look that he he didn't look particularly good. But this year he looks really good. Uh he looks really good and I wonder if that's due to uh just having Cooper uh, Cooper Cup there Because we all know He plays extremely well When Cooper Cup's on the field uh, Or it's just like a new sense of confidence That he got throughout the offseason uh, But Jared Goff looks really good And this Rams team If you're a Rams fan you, you better be happy Because this team looks really good It's going to come down to Arizona Actually no that's a hard division I forgot about Seattle in that division That's a hard division the BN San Francisco is not going to be particularly well this year. Uh just because of all the injuries uh that happened to them. So, it's going to it's it's a three team race there and I can see all three of those teams making it to the playoffs. Uh it's go, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a fun time watching the NFC West. It's probably it's the hardest division in football. You have two super Bowl teams in my opinion, Seattle and san francisco which are banged up which are banged up now they're not really a super bowl team anymore and then you got uh some team and then you got arizona the rams who can potentially win a couple playoff games uh and make it to like an nfc championship this this division is hard hard for every team and it's going to be a fun division to watch it's going to be the opposite of the nfc east i'll say that so we'll move on to kansas city at uh, the, the Chargers, almost as, I keep saying San Diego. Man, they just made me move back to San Diego uh, because it's getting I, like it's getting weird. Every, like almost, I say San Diego like every every time. I've, or I or say more times than I say Los Angeles. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. So it's Kansas City at the Los Angeles Chargers, and we'll get we'll get the. Uh we'll we'll talk about Justin Herbert real quick. He played really good. I really like what they did with him. They were like, We're not gonna put you in compromising situations. We're gonna have you throw some very short passes and let receivers work uh work down the field off of it or right, and create some yards after catch with it. And they didn't really put him in compromising positions. The uh, interception he had was a rookie mistake. Uh, I think what was it? He just threw in the middle of the field in double coverage. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just a rookie mistake. He he can learn from it. But he looked really good. He looked really good. He had mechanical issues with his uh, footwork a couple times where he uh, his feet were feet weren't set at all. Uh, like he he looked really good. He looked re- he looked he looked really good, and he looks like if he can, he looks like if he can improve his game, he's go- he's going to be the next franchise quarterback for uh, the Chargers. The question is though, do you put Tyrod in? I know Anthony Lynn said that uh, he's sticking with Tyrod if he's healthy, but at what, like at this point, what do you do? Like, do you really go back to Tyrod? Because I like Tyrod. I think Tyrod's a good quarterback. I think he's a really good game manager. But you have your potential franchise quarterback, and he balled out against the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, he played great for a rookie. Like, I, you would have to play him. You have to play him. And I feel sorry for Tyrod because he gets injured with the Baker Mayfield situation. He gets injured in this situation. And he can't... Uh, and he he hasn't he hasn't really got the opportunity to start because of injuries. Uh but that's just that's that's life sometimes you like sometimes it's just not like you're not going to get the opportunities. You get injured or something happens and you're just not going to get the opportunities and Justin Herbert balled out and made the most of his opportunity that he was given due to Tyrod's injury and they they got to go with him. That's just my opinion. They got to go with him. Uh Uh, Also, the Chargers defense looked phenomenal. They look like the playoff team from a couple years back. They look phenomenal. Kenneth Murray balled out. Uh, Joey Bosa balled out. This team, uh, this defense looked really good. Uh, It looked looked phenomenal. Uh, Going to uh, Kansas City. One more thing about the Chargers. Joshua Kelly looks really good. Him and Austin Eckler are a great running back tandem. I'll say that they're a great running back tandem. I know Josh Kelly uh averaged two point eight yards a carry, but he got some big runs in there. He got some very key fourth uh fourth downs or third and shorts uh in this game, especially on the uh on the uh ten ten minute drive at the end of the game, uh where the Chargers drove down and kicked a field goal to uh, take the lead uh, with a couple minutes stuff, and then obviously Chiefs go down and can uh, feel go going overtime. But I really like that running back tandem for the Chargers. I still think their offensive line is an issue. If they can cheer that up, this running back this running back tandem is going to be even better. So we'll move on to um, we'll we'll go to the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. I don't know what's he just looks off. In these first two games it look like he just he's off a little bit uh with chemistry issues there's it's like he's playing inconsistent there's sometimes where I think on the uh, touchdown to Tyreek Hill it was a beautiful pass or touchdown to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill both beautiful passes uh Travis Kelsey again literally drug to the ground throws at the back of the end zone for a touchdown Tyreek Hill just launches it 40 yards beautifully placed into his hands and scores a touchdown so, I and then there's some of these throws where he just misses throws, and there's sometimes where you get these drops by these uh, by Tyreek Hill. There's a couple of drops by him. Uh, I just don't know what's. I just don't know what's uh, what chemistry issues they're having. It's to me, it's flat. It's mind boggling. Uh, they were they've been phenomenal the last two years, and for some reason it's just, it just seems like the chemistry is off with. uh, Pat Mahomes in the receiving court a little bit this year. Uh, And I just don't, I don't know if it's due to the poor offensive line play, him getting rushed a lot and having a quicker clock in his head. Because the offensive line did not play particularly well in here. He got rushed a lot. Uh, Pat Mahomes got a lot of rushing yards. He led the team in rushing yards and had picked up some key uh, first downs, uh, especially the, was it third and 20 he picked up. Uh, the was it to get the game tying uh to get the game tying field goal so, or to make it an easier game tying field goal so he so there's he's, show, he's showing he's still the same Pat Mahomes that I just think there's a little bit chemistry issues going on with the receiving core and I think some of that has to do with how bad the offensive line is their offensive line needs to get better their offensive line is not that good and it was really bad and it wasn't it wasn't good last year early in the year. So if they can fortify that like they did later in the season last year, they can start building some chemistry in the offensive line and start protecting Pat Mahomes better. Kansas City is going to be a hard team to beat. Uh, like they were last year. So we'll move uh, yeah, so we'll move on to next game which is Baltimore at Houston. And I think just I think this proves my point that Baltimore or not Baltimore, Houston is just a bad team. I I do not like where this team is at. Deshaun Watson's running for his life constantly, uh, because the offense line is just so terrible. Larry Ntawsa is the only good offensive lineman on that team. Deshaun Watson's running for his life the whole time, uh, and literally puts up prayers uh, to his receivers. And the fact that he doesn't have Deshaun uh, DeAndre Hopkins anymore, I think, hurts him a lot because. A lot of the times, he could just throw it up twenty yards down the field. They could get a huge gain with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but with this receiving core, they're picking up like his prayers are like ten 50, or ten yards down the field instead of twenty, thirty yards down the field. So they're moving slower on the offense uh, down the field uh, than they usually would last year. And also, and I think another a uh, big indicator for. Uh, to show how bad their offensive line is. David Johnson only got 3 yards of carry. And they only ran it 11 times with him. I think that just shows you how bad their offensive line is. They. Like they can't even get the running game going. The, and then they stopped the running game entirely. To throw it a bunch. a bunch Because they're down so much. Due to the running game not being. Due to them being down. Because their defense is terrible. The. The Texans, I just don't. I really don't know what the like. I don't know what I like. The way I'm talking right now is probably what's going on. in Bill O'Brien said, I just don't know what he's think. I don't know how he came up with this idea to think this team would be a good this team. This current team would be a good idea to move forward with. It's not, and it's going to get the Sean Watson hurt. It will get him hurt. And that's and that's a fact. He's running for his life every play. All right, he's already had three AC, or two or three ACL uh, surgeries. It's not a good idea to have your franchise quarterback running for his life every play. It's not. They need to do something. They need to fortify the offensive line first and foremost, and they need to run the ball more. It's I think it's, it's getting ridiculous. And Deshaun literally Deshaun Watson's health is on the line at the, at this moment. So we'll move on. So we'll go to Baltimore and Lamar Jackson looks really good this year. He looks even better than last year. I don't think he won MVP. We'll get the Russell Wilson here in a little bit, but Lamar Jackson looks really good. This Ravens team looks phenomenal. Like I love the way this team is built and I love the way they're playing football. It is fun to watch. You got an electrifying quarterback. You got they made for the average viewer running the football a lot isn't fun. For the average viewer, it's not that fun. Give me a second. Get drink of water real quick. Yeah, it's not fun for the average viewer to run. Uh, to watch to watch running teams. It's not they love passing the ball downfield. The they like quick action plays. But the way Baltimore has done their offense, it's made the average viewer love run. Uh love this team uh, because they're so different in the way they run the football. And it's fun to watch. It's it's extremely fun to watch. Uh, and the way they work their passing game off the run game is incredible. This team is, this Baltimore team is going to be, is, is a very, very dangerous team. I haven't gone to the Super Bowl and my mind hasn't changed yet. This team is a great team. Uh I don't know if it's the best Baltimore team they had. I I think it's close to it if you're talking about overall team. The 2000 team, great defense, not the best offense. The 2012 team, the defense was kind of a little bit it was a little bit weaker. They had they had the uh older guys or the 2000 the 2000 guys were a little bit older. Uh were a lot older into that season, especially the ones that were still there. And they were and their offense was kinda of average. They just had a great run. They barely missed out on the playoffs. Or they barely made it into the playoffs that year. And they just sparked a run in the playoffs. Is what uh the two thousand was two thousand thirteen Ravens team did. I think this is the best Baltimore team. Or has the potential to be the best Baltimore Ravens team that we've seen in their history. Uh, I really do. I think this is the best team that that the Baltimore Ravens have put on the field in their history. So we'll move on to New England at Seattle. The Sunday night football game. The game of the week. And this was extremely fun to watch. This was a barn burner. It was extremely fun to watch. You have two great quarterbacks. In their prime, Cam Newton is officially back. He is officially back. Uh, I've, he, he's so fun to watch. Uh, mine Houston's criticisms on him uh, the last couple of years, I think it had, had a lot to do with his injuries. had a lot to do with his banged up shoulder and his shoulder not being healthy. And that's why he was missing, missing a lot of passes. But his shoulder looks healthy. He looks healthy himself. His foot looks healthy. I know he had a foot injury last year. He looks healthy. And this Cam Newton is he's he he's not he's not there on MVP Cam Newton. But he seems like he's a peg down from it. He looks phenomenal. He just ran into a great Seattle team, is what he did. And it this was this was such a fun game to watch. It came down to the wire. Their last three games have come down to the goal line. You had Super Bowl. Uh, you had uh, what was it Super Bowl forty nine. You had uh, Malcolm Butler's interception. Uh, a couple years later, you had or the year at, or two years after that, you had. Uh, you had uh Rob Gronkowski, literally uh you had uh Rob Gronkowski uh, try to get a holding call. Uh, Try to get a pass interference so they could uh, move the ball up. It didn't work out, and they ended up uh, losing the game on the go- on New England ends up losing the game on the goal line, and then New England loses it again on the goal line. So Seattle—it's funny because Seattle usually wins the have won the battles in the regular season. Uh, they even won it when Russell Wilson was a rookie. So Russell Wilson is three and one against the Patriots. His only loss against the Patriots is in the Super Bowl. And I think I think that says something about Russell Wilson, how great Russell Wilson is. He's the, he's going to be the MVP this year, I think hands down. Without an injury, if he does not have an injury this year, he is the MVP for this year. Uh, he's just a baller, man. He is a baller. Uh, he already has uh like eight touchdowns on the nine touchdowns on the year, one interception. And the fact that the interception really wasn't his fault, I think says a lot. I think it was like tipped up, if I'm not mistaken. It was like I think it was tipped up and was intercepted, if I remember that correctly. And and he like he he's, a, he's such a great quarterback. He is such a great quarterback. Uh, and this would be a fun Super Bowl. This would be a fun Super Bowl a rematch between these two with Cam Newton at quarterback. This would be a fun Super Bowl to watch. Uh, I really like what they're doing in the ground game with Cam uh and it's and it's working too. He's averaging four and a half yards a carry. The rest of the running backs aren't doing particularly the the running backs themselves aren't doing particularly well, but Cam is doing good himself running the football if they can get the running backs going and the run game and then allow Cam Newton to play the playoff of that uh with his own running game. Uh, New England's going to be a hard team on offense to stop, especially with the the way the receiving core set up. We got a lot of yeah, you got a lot of really good route runners uh, on the receiving core, and that helps with a, a great route runners like we seen in Tennessee last year. They have a they have some great route runners on their team. A, a great a great running game helps. Uh. Is uh. It goes great with really good route running receivers. They don't have to be the flashiest receivers. They don't have to be the best receivers. But if they can get, they can get in and out of their breaks well. They can get open uh, through their route running. It, it complements the run. It complements the ground, ground and pound game very well. And New England's offense just looks really good, or New England's team in general just looks really good. They just ran to a better. A better team in Seattle and Russell Wilson threw some incredible throws. Threw some incredible throws. David Moore had a beautiful touchdown, had a beautiful uh toe tap to get into the end zone. This was this was just such a great game. It was such a great game to watch. Uh and it just it this would be a great Super Bowl. This would be a great Super Bowl to watch. And hopefully they go to the Super Bowl together, maybe a four straight time it ends on the goal line. Again, that is, this is this is a great rivalry here. I wish they would play every year. If they would play every year, this would be. This would be a. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a great coaching matchup. I want to say Mike Ditka versus uh, San Francisco back in the '80s, or. or, and, or like, it's San Francisco versus Dallas in the 90s is what I would say. Like, th- this could be if they were in the same conference. Like, every time these teams get together, it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch. So, we'll move on to the last game of the week, and it's the Raiders at, or the Saints at Las Vegas. I almost said Oakland, and I almost messed up there. So, yeah, New Orleans... The New Orleans Saints at the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, the Las Vegas' first home game as a team, uh, the first game in their new stadium. Uh, I think Allegiant Stadium is what it is, if I'm not mistaken. Let me correct myself on this real quick. Uh, is it, is it yeah, it's uh, yeah Allegiant Stadium. There we go. Yeah, Allegiant Stadium. First uh, first game. Hosted there by the uh, Raiders and they win it. I picked this game. I picked this. I picked the Saint. or uh, the same I picked the Raiders to win this game in the predictions last week because Michael Thomas probably wasn't going to play in this game and he didn't. And I thought that would hurt Drew Brees tremendously and it did. Drew Brees was. Drew Brees did not look good in this game. The only time he looked good was in the two-minute offense when they were, when the Raiders were playing lax defense and he was just hitting stuff over the middle. That was the only time Drew Brees was good in this game. Uh and frankly, I think John Gruden outcoached Sean Payton in this game. I really do. I think he outcoached him. Uh just the way John Gruden drew up uh drew up the path or drew up some of his, uh some of these passing concepts to get Darren Waller open and to get him get him going in the game and... Drew... Uh, Drew... Uh, I almost said Drew Carr. <laughs> Derek Carr. Uh, everybody gets gets on him about Dinking and Dunkin' a lot. Hey, sorry about that. Uh, if you're like... If you hear like a weird cut, uh, somebody called me. And when... Because well, we use Anchor to do the podcast. So when somebody calls, it stops the podcast. Uh, even if you don't answer it, it just... It stops the podcast where you're at. So if you hear like a weird cut there, sorry about that. Somebody called and it just stopped the podcast right there. So yeah, we'll go back to the Raiders. We'll, we'll get the Raiders out. Of the, uh, we'll get the Raiders done. It's the last game that we're talking about. And Derek Carr played, I think, very well. Everybody gets on him about dinking and dunking. And, but he dinked and dunked in the, in the right spots because they won this game. Derek Carr is a really good. Derek Carr is a really good quarterback, and he threw a couple passes. He threw a couple passes downfield. He threw one to uh, what Foster Moreau, their second string tight end, or the third string tight end. A beautiful pass down the field. Derek Carr can throw it downfield uh, when he wants to. Uh, and a lot of people don't know that because they get on to him about Dinkin and Duncan a lot. Which I think, I think a lot of that had to do with not having... A, he doesn't have a great receiving core and he doesn't want to throw an interception. So I think he dinks and dunks a lot to avoid uh, because of a bad receiving core. Now, I do think he should take a couple shots with Henry Ruggs. In this game, Henry Ruggs only had one catch on, uh, and he only had three targets. I think Henry Ruggs should have about five or six targets... And half of those should be deep bossed on the field. There was one where they got a huge penalty when Henry Ruggs got held late in the game on a on a pass, and that's what you need from uh Henry Ruggs is you need to get those you need to get those pass interference calls or you need to get the big play out of it. Uh and the thing is Derek Clark threw a beautiful pass on that play, on the uh pass interference card on Henry Ruggs. That would have been a touchdown. Uh but he got held on the play. And it was quite a pass interference. Uh, Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. He looks like the MVP Derek Carr uh, from, what was it, 2016, 2017? When they made the playoffs. I think it was 2016 when they made the playoffs. He looks like MVP Derek Carr. Uh, obviously, uh, Josh Jacobs looked pretty solid. They weren't able to get the run game going uh, normally like they did. on uh, They only got three, uh, three yards per carry. As a team, and he he had three yards to carry uh, himself, and he it seemed like they uh, really couldn't get the uh, ground game going, but they stuck with it. And that's the thing I'm saying about Cincinnati against Cleveland: you got to stick to these run game. Yes, you got to stick to the run game, especially when your offense is so predicated around the run game and then working out the play action. Uh, Zach Taylor offensive uh quarterback's coach under Sean McVeigh, you know he works his he works his uh system around the run game off the play action. He abandons that they lose the game to Cleveland. Uh John uh John Greener runs a very similar system where he loves to run the football really? and then work his passing game off the play action off the run game. Uh and he stuck with the run game even though it wasn't particularly doing that uh that well. He stuck with it and they won the game. And I think it just shows you the difference there, uh, where the teams were at, especially both of them being close games. Uh, The Saints just didn't look good. Drew Brees is not the same quarterback. He's he's old. He's showing his age a little bit. Uh, He missed a lot of key throws. Uh, He missed Michael Thomas' three-yard slants a lot in this game. Uh, and I think it shows you too, like a lot. Like, he did, If you're talking about Dinkin and Dunks, you look at Drew Brees. Uh, he had it. He threw it to the Alvin Kamara for nine times. To- he threw it to Alvin Camaro nine times. He threw it to Tra- uh, Traycon Smith five times. He, he runs a lot of slants himself. Uh, they had a total of, let me see. Here, that's four. They had a total of 13 uh, passes to their running or thirteen receptions to their running backs. So if you want to get on the people at Dink and Dunkin', get on Drew Brees. Uh because that's all he does is dink and dunk. He does three yard slant routes and he throws it to the running backs and the, lets, the, lets the running backs make plays off of it. Uh Drew Brees just doesn't look good. He does not look good. He does not look like the same Drew Brees. And it could hurt this team, especially if uh their defense can't figure out what they're doing. Uh their defensive line's amazing. I think nobody can take away that. They have some really good, well, I don't, I don't want to say the defense line's is amazing. They have some great pieces on the defense. They got uh, Cameron Jordan, amazing defensive end. They got some solid pieces in the secondary. Marcus, Marcus Williams is a very solid safety. They got Marshawn Lattimore, a very good corner. DeMario Davis, a very good linebacker. Malcolm Jenkins is showing his age a little bit. He got beat by the third string tight end. What well, I was just saying a minute ago. Uh, Foster Moreau uh, beat him on a wheel route. Uh, and he wasn't, and he didn't have the uh makeup speed that he that he used to have. Uh, their defense just doesn't—it doesn't look the same. Their offense doesn't look the same. The Saints, I just—they just don't look like, like the team they, that we've seen the past three years. They don't. Uh, Drew Brees is showing his age, and there's some holes on this defense that are, I think, are getting exploited. Uh, and I, I just don't, I, I'm not, I'm not, a bi- I wasn't a big fan of New Orleans coming in and it's not making me, uh, it's actually making me even a lesser fan. I thought they would make the playoffs, but I don't, like, I think they're a borderline playoff team now. I, there's a possibility they could miss the playoffs this year. There is a possibility, especially with how good the NFC West is, and then you might get a t- two teams out of the NFC North this year. Uh... And then, what? who's the other team? NFC East are going to get one team out of that. So, they're going to be a borderline playoff team. They're going to be firing for a playoff spot. Uh, at the edge of the playoff spot. And they didn't look the offense didn't look good last week. Their defense looked a lot better last week uh, than it did this week. But the offense still is stagnant. It's not moving. It's not flowing good at all. I... I... I the Saints are just—I uh, don't—they're not—they're not the same team that that we used to see. But Oakland, what a great win! What a great win in your new sta- your first first game in your new stadium—you get a win. That's that's huge, and I really like to see. Uh, the Raiders got a tough schedule coming up. We'll talk about the Raiders here for a sec. Well, they got a tough schedule coming up. They get the—they're at New England, then they're back at home versus the Bills, and they're at the Chiefs, and then they have a bye week. And then they are at home versus the Bucks. So they got the Patriots, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bucks. Uh in the next what is that? Four games? The next four games. So if they can go three and three, if they can win one of those three games, the I think the Raiders are I think the Raiders are gonna make the playoffs. Because you got Denver that's banged up. You probably could put two wins there. Uh you got the Chargers who I think are a little bit iffy, you could probably put two wins there, or maybe at least one win. They're gonna be a they're gonna be a borderline playoff team. They're gonna be a lot better than what people expected them to be. And John Gruden looks like he's found his uh he's found his groove. I think it took him a couple of years to get his groove back, and he looks like he got his groove back. So I think that's gonna wrap it up. Uh yeah, it is gonna uh, I don't think it is. It is gonna wrap it up for this week's uh episode uh uh this week's recap episode thank you all for uh listening uh if you have any uh make sure to like rate uh on uh what's that on the podcast app or the uh iTunes app and leave con- or leave uh, criticism if uh if you have any uh, really, uh good cur- criticism you can leave it and we'll Me and Houston, we both, we can work on it. Uh, We love uh, hearing criticism. We love to get better. And it's all about getting better. It's all about uh, uh, working out stuff so we can become a better podcast and we can uh, make the uh, listening experience more uh, enjoyable for uh, you all who uh, listen to this podcast. So I just want to thank you all again for listening to this podcast and have a good day.